This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. Today's guest describes his job as, quote, getting fired every week and applying for the same job again the following week. Well, that sounds fun. Joe Dater is an award-winning cartoonist for The New Yorker. His work has also appeared in Mad Magazine, Esquire, and many other publications. He's got a new book coming out in October called Inked Cartoons, Confessions, Rejected Ideas, and Secret Sketches from The New Yorker's Joe Dater. Please welcome the very funny and very doodly Joe Dater. <laughs> I've never been described that way before, but thank you. <laughs> you doodly. I do like, well, I know in my intro, you said uh, award winning, and I used to have in my bio, I used to say I'm an award wanting cartoonist. And, <laughs> and then I, uh, sometimes I'd be introduced as an award wanting cartoonist, and then I would correct them and say multiple award wanting cartoonists. <laughs> and so it was like a joke on top of a joke. Yeah. But yeah. then, then it all got ruined when I won an award. So I was like, oh. and I had to weigh the out, like, what, what do I prefer? Do I like having the award or would I want to have that joke to keep telling? Right, right. I kind of like wish I saw the joke. <laughs> it's like the joke was more valuable to me in a way. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's funny. Uh, that's hilarious. So uh, this book is 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 pretty great. Uh, oh, for thank you. Anyone who's uh, just likes to see funny things or likes to try to create <laughs> funny things or any, any of the above. Uh, I think it could work for both groups of people. Yeah. 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 Um, you don't discriminate, but it's, um, it's a great kind of peek into your mind and your, their, your thought process of some of these uh, cartoons that came out exactly how you wanted and uh, some that didn't some, and some, some that, that much didn't yeah, no. think, well, why don't I stop? telling you what you said in your own book and maybe you can tell people what you said in your book okay well i haven't read it so i'm that's, <laughs> that's gonna be a problem but um i mean the the, the book boils down to if uh, i've been a cartoonist and i've been contributing to the new yorker for 15 years it's actually this month it's it's 15 years and so uh, i came out with this book which is kind of a culmination of that 15 years so it's a collection of some of my better known cartoons that were published in the new yorker but it's also a lot of my favorites that I was never able to get into the New Yorker. Right. Uh, things that I've been submitting over and over again to no avail, sometimes <laughs> for 10 years. <laughs> um, yes. And, what is it? The, the, well, I don't want to ruin any the the Steve Con. How many oh, years? Have you by been? all means, ruin, ruin away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I came up with this, this cartoon about a guy with a convention, like a big sort of Javits Center uh, convention, but it's just for him and him alone. And he's just standing there by himself <laughs> in this huge convention center, <laughs> sipping a large soda. And, <sighs> and the banner says Steve Kahn. Right. And the first time I submitted it, it said Steve Kahn 2016. And they didn't take that one. So a year later, I brought it back and I changed it to Steve Kahn 2017. <laughs> they still didn't publish it. And so I published all of the different versions in my book of Steve Kahn 2017 through 2021. 
None and, of which uh, have been accepted for publication. And it's it's a slight, you know, it's 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 a somewhat intricate drawing. There's a lot going on in it. You draw, there's a lot of pillars and things. Do you redraw it every time, or do you just change the caption? If you look closely, you can see that all I did was switch out the last number, the last numeral in the year. <laughs> that was the only thing I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> After the first time, that was all I did. That's yeah. great. One of the things you learn as a as a cartoonist is don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy. Don't duplicate work if you don't have to. That's that's awesome. So for people who don't uh, don't know, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty well known, but having uh, your cartoon get accepted into the New Yorker is no easy feat. Uh, the the editor, the cartoon editor is famously uh, picky about what goes in there. Is that fair to well, say? Well, yeah, and 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 rightly so, because thousands of cartoons are submitted every week. So um, the cartoon editor who currently is uh, is Emma Allen is sifting through these just thousands of cartoons and and picking what she believes is the best. And then that goes to her boss, who is the editor in chief, David Remnick, who from the pile she hands him, he picks out about a 10 percent of that pile. Wow. Which is ultimately what gets chosen. So it really gets filtered down. And yeah, you do get a kind of a jolt from having crossed every hurdle and gotten to a yes from the New Yorker because you feel like, wow, I really achieved something there. Yeah, and, right. And 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 people who have achieved that even just once have really achieved something. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like no, I respect you know, to friend, everyone who is part of that fraternity along with me. A, a friend of mine uh, got into the finals of the New Yorker cartoon caption contest. And that was like huge. Oh my God, that's, yeah, worldwide. You've yeah. got millions, <laughs> literally millions. Yeah, uh, but um, but it's a, uh, the, your, your work, I, how would you describe your your sensibility in the, with the cartoons? What a, is there a through line? Um, I, you know what, the cartoons that actually get published in the New Yorker are a mixed bag. Some of them are, ones that I'm really proud of because they're very weird and dark and strange because that's sort of my sense of humor. I do like cartoons that that take a, a turn for the weird and the and the macabre sometimes. Yeah. And but some of them are very sort of, you know, relatable and 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 uh, things about relationships and men and women and how they relate to each other and I and I'm a professional and I can do those kind of cartoons as well. Um because of this as we just talked about this very very strange um, you know, difficult editorial process, you kind of do, you kind of do the cartoons for them that they want to publish. And, uh, so the stuff that actually gets in the New Yorker of mine is I'd say it's a mixed bag. Some of them can be very weird and dark. Sometimes I'll get an idea, which, which I just think is so strange and odd. Like there's uh -huh. a cartoon in my book about, um, bubble wrap where I, I just, I was just thinking about bubble wrap. And, and it occurred to me, um, where does bubble wrap come from? Right. And I thought, God, what if it's, what if it's the skin of an animal? And what if there somewhere there's a, some horrible slaughterhouse where they're lining up these bubble animals and skinning them alive. And, and that's how we get bubble wrap. And people are just gleefully popping this stuff as if it's nothing. They just think it's the most fun thing and nobody knows what goes on. Nobody wants to know how the bubble wrap gets made. You know? <laughs> and that was just so dark and strange and weird to me. I loved it. But I have other cartoons that are very, you know, relatable. I recently did one that was 
on the subject of of how hard it is to get a ripe avocado. Uh, uh-huh. You know, and I have a guy using a time machine to go <laughs> three days into the future to his own kitchen, yeah, so that he can get the avocado. <laughs> I like I love avocados, by the way. But I always think when I when I go to buy them, I always think, hmm. Will I be in the mood for a ripe avocado in three days? That's right. The process. Yeah. You have to like think ahead. Yeah, you have to almost true. mentally travel back through time. And that's, that's something that is, I think that cartoon was very successful because it's very relatable. And especially yeah. during during uh, COVID, we've all become homebodies. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of the cartoons that are that are funny in the New Yorker now are mostly about things that happen in, inside people's kitchens and right. inside their bedrooms and living rooms. Rather so, than cartoons on at cocktail parties, right, right, yeah. And you have, you know, with the New Yorker style, uh, and you have—I I don't know if you consider this a challenge or not—but it's one panel. You know, it's like the joke has yeah. to happen in one yeah. in one instance. There's not four panels uh, to to that's, have something. That's a good progress. point. Yeah. Um. Uh. So I guess that's my question. And you said, yes, that is true. So we can move on from that. <laughs> yes, it is, in fact, one panel. One panel. Yeah. So well, that, uh, you is... are a professional, as you've uh, noted, and uh, obviously. But so the question is, when did this become something that you thought, hey, I can actually do this as my job? Oh, well, um, that was a long and 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 winding road. I think mm-hmm. I was kind of I think I was kind of destined for it. I think it chose me, but I was kind of, I was actually avoiding it for a while. You know, when I was, when oh, I really? was young, I, well, I, I, you know, I had a talent for drawing at a very early age and I always wanted to be funny. And, and I had, I'd even gone to art school and I, I studied under uh, Harvey Kurtzman, who was one of the creators of Mad Magazine. And right. then I spent about 20 years not being a cartoonist. I was, I was thinking I wanted to do other things and, and, uh, and it eventually came around and came back to me. Um, when I got an, in, I got actually got invited by Bob Mankoff, who was the editor of the car, the cartoon editor of the New Yorker at the time in 2005, who I knew him just peripherally and he, or I had worked for him previously and I hadn't talked to him for a long time. And he emailed me and said, uh, Hey, do you want to come in and start, start submitting some cartoons to the New Yorker? And honestly, it was a thing I always kind of guess I knew in the back of my head was probably what I should be doing with my life. And I don't know why I was avoiding it, mm. but let's just say people don't always do the thing that they should do. Um, what? So what were you doing? Were you pursuing a completely different career or are you just doing kind of I think this? I was, that? I was doing regular jobs to didn't go anywhere that didn't make any sense. You know, in the meantime, I thought, well, I'm, you know, eventually I'll, I'll be a comedy writer or something like that. I thought I wanted to be a, in humor, but I was avoiding the most obvious thing. And Bob Mankoff said this, this thing to me, he said, you know, you can do this. He was very encouraging. He said, you can do this. You can draw well and you're funny enough. And I thought, Funny enough. That's what a compliment that is to be told you're funny enough. And that was one of the things I was going to call my book was funny enough. That's great. But yeah, you you describe in your book uh, an an incident with uh, with a teacher uh, (laughs) and you're um, you're uh, grading his attempt to draw a tree on the blackboard, I believe. 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I made some some snarky remark, and I was like, "Yeah, nice tree." And the teacher, <laughs> the teacher turned around to me, and and he was very angry, and he said, "Could you do any better?" And I didn't say anything, but other kids in the class said, "Well, yeah, he could." <laughs> and I was like, "I think that kind of you know set me on a path there. I should have uh, known right then and there. It was, it was going, it was going in one direction at that point." You know? Right, right. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I, I, I do feel like it never really i mean i actually kind of avoided being cartoonist i i have a confession i love being a cartoonist but i didn't really want to be i it kind of chose me and it was a process it was a process of finding the thing that i needed which wasn't exactly the thing that i wanted in life and i think i don't know if you're familiar with um the poetry of uh the great english poet sir michael philip jagger who said, you can't always get what you want, <laughs> but sometimes you get what you need. That's right. <laughs> you know, when you start talking about poetry, you're a New Yorker guy. I thought I would just be nodding <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, his great stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, did you think I'm some great intellectual? Good God, no. <laughs> Lord. So obviously you've been doing this for a long time and uh, you're an exceptionally creative and funny person. So inspiration is just well, something you. you have on tap, right? You could just sit down and bang out a week, uh, a month's work of work and then uh, go off. Well, did you read the book? No, yeah. <laughs> God, no, no. I, it, it's, it's, it's always a struggle. You know, I, I, I think I'm very in the, in the book. Um, I'm very open and candid about showing people the thought process and especially of of demystifying it. Yeah. And I sort of, I'm, I'm very open about my own kind of feet of clay in that there's no point in the book where I'm bragging about what a great cartoonist I am and, or how easy it is for me. I want to show how hard it is actually. And I wanted people to, to see that. So one of the things in the book's title, it says inked cartoons and confessions. And it is, there's, there's, yeah. it's a confessional in some way, cause I'm showing, my own uh, vulnerability as an artist. I want to show that it, it takes hard work, a minimum of talent, which is roughly the amount that I have, and a lot of hours and sweat. You're, you're and talented enough. I talented enough. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. And, you no, know, it's, and- it's, I, I, I love that. Just uh, you, you really like laying it out and, and showing like 30 different, uh, you know, things you were going to put in the word bubble before you landed on, you know, the, the yeah, specific yeah. one. I, I mean, I, uh, I wanted to show that. I wanted to show that it's not a, it's not a, a, a bolt of lightning of inspiration right. every time. Um, and uh, so who, you know, uh, growing up and then as you, you know, fell into, uh, as you accepted your place in the universe as a cartoonist are, are there particular <laughs> such a great way to describe it accepted my place <laughs> in the universe as a cartoonist do you the, uh are there any uh artists or, or cartoonists that you particularly admire uh oh yeah well, their... yeah i was i was a i was a very nerdy kid and i was a comedy nerd i was you can't see in my apartment i have i've decorated the place with with um comedy albums i have Oh, right nice. there's George Carlin and Monty Python on the wall. And oh, great. Over on that side is Steve Martin. And on the other side is Albert Brooks. I'm just, I was always a comedy nerd and I grew up loving comedy and I was a big reader of Mad Magazine. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Mad Magazine was a big, was a big deal for me. 
I was, I was just thinking about how Mad Magazine in some way turned a generation of 10 year olds into old men. Yeah, because That's right. all the writers were like guys in their 50s, you know, and so we took on this sort of like damn hippies. You yeah, know? but we were 10 years old. You know? <laughs> we just internalized their sort of mentality. It was a very it was a very interesting thing because it gave you an education about the world. You know, you yeah. learned about about uh, the adult world through Mad Magazine. And but the, the cartoonist that I think was my my favorite was uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this work, but was B. Cliven. More coming up from our guests, but first, a word from our sponsor. So I tend to get a new phone fairly often. They aren't cheap, but the reason I do is that it gets slow and clunky and I run out of storage and it's not pleasant to use the apps I want to use and the camera doesn't do all the new tricks. Then I think, I bet it's an even bigger problem for technology startups. You start small, you've got some okay cloud computing power, but then you find your tech struggling. How frustrating is it knowing that you probably can't handle bigger stuff? And worse, how painful is it not being able to confidently take on enterprise-sized clients or jobs? That makes it tough to grow and you're just stuck. Well, Oracle has this startup partnership you should know about. It's cleverly called Oracle for Startups. The idea is even though you're a startup, you can tap into the cloud computing power, expertise, and connections of a big dog like Oracle. You get free cloud credits and 70% off their cloud services. Plus, with multi-cloud support and no vendor lock-in, you build this out any way you want. Now you aren't frustrated and you've got the power to scale and you're free to go after your dream customers. Don't stay stuck. Go check out oracle.com slash go to slash real job. That's oracle.com slash go to slash real job. And our next sponsor. Look, not everyone was lucky enough to be born with a golden voice like mine. I kid, of course. God help you if you have a voice like mine. But if you are working on a project and are in need of voiceover artists, music, audio production, or translations, you should check out Voices, the number one creative services marketplace with over 2 million registered users. You know that stress you feel when you need something done and you don't have time to do it and the deadline is looming in the distance like some fire-breathing dragon? Well, extinguish that stress monster with the good people at Voices, who'll get you the voiceover translation, audio production, and music composition services you need fast. You'll get responses from highly skilled talent in a few hours, sometimes even in minutes. When you post a job, for free I should add, you get quotes that fit your budget and off you go. It's super simple and here is the super sweet part. There is absolutely no risk. With their exclusive SurePay service, your funds are only released when you give your stamp of approval and the final files have been delivered. So never feel overwhelmed by creative projects again. Voices has a super simple platform, or you can use their account managers to make each step super easy with their tip-to-tail project management services. Visit Voices.com and post your job today. And we're back. B. Clyburn was famous in the 70s for doing the cat cartoons. And he became, you know, to this day, those cat calendars 
are everywhere. Right. Cat coffee mugs. And his cats became a sensation. But what a lot of people who, who buy their the cat bedspreads and the cat curtains don't know is he was at the time drawing incredibly prolific cartoonists who drew cartoons for the National Lampoon and Playboy and was one of the just greatest gag cartoonists who ever lived and was a genius. He was a mad genius. His influence can be seen in, in Gary Larson. Mm. Um, you know, people have asked me, were you influenced by Gary Larson? And I said, no, Gary Larson and I were both, we're both ripping off the same guy. Right. Which right. Is this <laughs> B, guy, B. Cliven, you know, um, and he, and his cartoons just, just, blew my mind oh, when wow. I saw them. They were so strange and odd and weird and just incredibly funny. And but he and and he made literally a billion dollars from cats. Wow. Yeah. But his other work that is lesser known is is groundbreaking. He was a towering genius. Huh. All right. Well I've got to, I mean I, I when you when you say cats, I, I can picture what you're talking about, but I don't think I ever really like dove into that. So I will definitely check that out. I see also in your background there, you've got a bunch of stuff on the shelf. Is that oh, some Simpsons I'm one of those guys? guys? Yeah, I have Simpsons up there. And I, I'm one of those guys who just collects a lot of toys and keeps them on a shelf uh, near his desk, you know, but um, yeah, I have some, I have, I have some Simpsons up there. I have, a, I have, I have a lot of Star Wars stuff around and I keep all the Star Wars stuff around because having a girlfriend would be too distracting. <laughs> so it helps me work. <laughs> That's fantastic. So uh, what do you what do you think of um, you know for for cartoonists these days? The new up and comers, obviously, like digital platforms. It's it's a kind of much easier probably to get your stuff seen uh, on, on various platforms, but what I'm sure you get a lot of requests for advice from, from up and comers. What do you, what do you normally tell people? I tell them, I tell them uh, you don't need my advice really. Okay. Um, I think, you know, for the most part, you know, don't take my advice is the number one advice I give them. I, I, I always say to people who are cartoonists, you know, ask yourself two questions. Is this the cartoon I wanted to draw? Is this the way I wanted to draw it? Mm. You know, is this the, is this the joke I intended to tell? And is this the way I wanted to present it? And if the answer to both those questions is yes, you don't need me because it's art. It's not medicine or structural engineering. There's no rules, right? Right. There's, there's with art, there's, there's two ways to do it your way or someone else's way. And mm -hmm. your way is always the right way. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Um, one of the things I, I was thinking about when I did this book was how younger people who want to be cartoonists will receive it and how it'll, you know, affect them. And I think that's one of the reasons I put in so much of the behind the scenes stuff about how the, the stuff uh, is done. And I wanted to be honest about the struggle of the job because I think it will discourage about 95% of the people who read it from wanting to be a cartoonist. But that other 5%, they're going to be great cartoonists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's very much how it worked for me. Uh, every message I was given uh, was, this is a terrible idea. You shouldn't, you shouldn't <laughs> go into art. What it's, what it, you know, like the title of your show, get a real job. And, and I didn't listen because I've never made a sensible choice in my life. <laughs> and now I, you know, I'm older now and I look back and, I realize everyone who I know who ever made a sensible choice with their career or 
any choice that they, any, any major life choice that they've made, if they sat down and crunched the numbers on a spreadsheet and made the, the sensible decision, every one of those people are, are miserable now. Yeah. You, know, you kind of have to f- follow your heart in a very illogical way. Yeah. And I, yeah. and, and I, and one of the reasons I wanted the book to show the struggle of being cartoonist and, and is because I wanted to, to filter out <laughs> those, those people who make the sensible choice. Yeah. Um, cause that, cause that the ones left over, they're, they're going to do great work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting to hear you say that too, because I, I, you know, I've talked to people in all kinds of different industries, but many people come down to a moment like that, whether it's they're, they're sitting in a, in a, at a conference table and they just look across at the person who's like them 10 years from now. And they just have this like panic, like I can't be that person 10 years from now. And it's yeah. like have this moment yeah. where they have to do their own thing. And that's kind of how I came up with Walt, with Walter, the, the guy who's standing right behind me. Yes. This, uh, cartoon character. And I talk about that in the book. He's a guy, he's based on a guy at, who was working in an office when I had a, a, a day job to make ends meet. And I, I, I looked at this guy and thought, I don't want to become him, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I started drawing him because I thought that would be a way of avoiding it. <laughs> and now he's, Always looking at me. Always behind me. He's in my apartment now, (laughs) constantly looking at me. Yeah, I know. What have Uh, I done? And you, you know, I know know you, you talked a lot about how, you know, inspiration, uh, uh, sadly, is not something that can just, you can't just snap your fingers and say, I want to be inspired right now. But having said that, um, do you have sort of work habits or do you have a certain way of doing things or, or not. And maybe that's your way of doing things. Yeah, no, that's my way of doing things. It's very erratic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no, there's no like a uh, ritual that I have or yeah. anything that leads to that. Ultimately there's no, you know, there's no, there's no trick to any of it. You know, the trick is simply um, sit down and get to work. That's it. That's, it always, that's, there's it, no other trick. It always comes down to that. Everyone is always like, what's, what's the secret to do this and do that? It's like, uh, do it. That's the secret. Yeah. yeah. I will say this, that, um, quarantine, uh, was made it harder to generate material because you're not seeing people and, you know, and some of the best ideas come from when you're not looking for an idea, you're just out in the world and you're, you're having dinner or talking with friends or you're throwing you're throwing quips back and forth and, uh, or just experiencing life. And yeah. so much of the last year and a half has involved not experiencing life. Right. Right. Um, yeah. The silver lining though of, of, of COVID for me was that I was able to use, I've forgotten how to talk to people as a cover for the fact that I never really knew how to talk to people. <laughs> I was able to use that as an excuse. I'm sorry. It's been, We've been in quarantine so long. Yeah. I forgot how to relate to normal people. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I've definitely used that excuse for uh, <laughs> when my son's like Little League game started back up. And I was like, I never really liked talking to you <laughs> before, but uh, yeah, that, like, that, that's great. I don't know how to get back into making small talk, which <laughs> a thing I've never been comfortable with. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, do you uh, foresee or, you know, uh, is there, you know, animation ideas floating in your head or are there other like what, what what's uh, on the horizon for you or do you not think in those kinds of terms? 
Um, well, I'm I'm thinking about what my my next book might be. Um, which so I have you know things I'm shopping around, which I can't talk about. Um, I do have a YouTube channel with a few short animations that I've made. Yes. Um, that I don't know if you've you've seen those. I want to do more of those and fill can that you, out a little bit more. Can you let people know uh, where they could where they could see those? I think I'm just I think I'm just Joe Dater on YouTube. That's yep, it. Yep. Yeah, I think that's it. I'm and or you can just go to my website, joedater.com, which links to all of my things. And there's there's a link there where you can buy the book as well. Awesome. Well, I greatly encourage anyone who uh, is interested in cartooning or creativity or just like laughing at very funny cartoons to pick it up. It's, it's very funny and it's, it's very inspiring. The, the, the pain that you, uh, you know, exhibit is actually like very inspiring because it makes you realize, okay, this sucks for everybody. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you saw the pain in it. Yeah. yeah. The pain was a key element. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But uh, but Joe, thanks thanks so much for for taking the time um, again on this lovely summer day. Uh, you could be out strolling, uh, drowning in your own sweat. Uh, yeah. It is five million degrees here in New York. I could be uh, out crawling and and gasping for water. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's your cartoon. There's your next cartoon. Actually, no, you have one like that's that. That's my previous. Guy. That's many previous cartoons. That's yeah, ninety yeah. years of New Yorker <laughs> cartoons right there. Uh, your, yours involves a jacuzzi and a, a mojito, I believe there's one. In That's the- one of them. That's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but seriously, uh, really great talking to you, uh, and, uh, really, really enjoyed the book. So well, I thank hope you so much. It's been a pleasure to see, uh, these secret projects, uh, in, uh, in your head, uh, come about soon. Cause, uh, really enjoyed this one. Thank you. And the not secret project comes out October 19th. Okay. That's that's, <laughs> that's not a secret. We can say no, that here. It's I want it to be the least secret thing there is. <laughs> yeah. I would like to say it out loud as much as possible. Yes, that's uh that the book is called Inked uh by Cartoons, uh, Confessions, Rejected Ideas and Secret Sketches. Did I get it right? You did. Oh my god. <laughs> ding ding ding. Wow, good job. That's my good. Now I'm an award-winning cartoonist. Now you're an award-winning cartoonist. <laughs> Go have a mojito and uh, thanks so much. It was really great talking to you. Thank you. It was great talking to you. All right. Have a good one. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Big people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks. <laughs>